Well, I'd never rode a horse, but I'd seen it done. Cowboy movies made it look like fun. This old man whispered a few soft words. It was the best advice I ever heard. And sit tall in the saddle, hold your head up high. Keep your eyes fixed where the trail meets the sky. And live like you ain't afraid to die. And don't be scared. Just enjoy your ride. Howdy, everybody. Cable Smith welcoming each and every one of you into episode 137 of Justified Pursuit. Riding shotgun is always the good counselor. Chisholm Cook, how are you doing, my friend? Dude, I am excited. Um... I leave to go to Arizona, as we discussed last time tonight, for Mule Deer for the first time ever. Um, I'm not excited about driving, beginning somewhere in the midnight hour. Um, That's when you're starting the drive? Yeah. Who's who's the CEO of planning this trip? Uh, I'll get to that. So I'm, <laughs> I'm but I'm in I'm in the midst of of the grind of I got six business hours left to knock out my job uh but i also then have to load up my stuff take it to one of my partner's houses because we're gonna leave from there uh in the wee hours of the night and i also have to go with the kids to youth group tonight um so it's that um you know that thing that last few hours before you leave the family and, and, and the world for a week where it's like lots to do. Oh, and record two of these things. So it's all good. Yeah, you said your job, this is your job. This job just doesn't pay very, I don't think it pays anything actually. Wait, let me check my records. Actually, we did get overtime uh, hours for cards from one hey. listener one time, which yep. we greatly appreciate. I still haven't seen mine by the way, but that's fine. Uh, um, sitting right here on my desk. The CEO, I believe, I guess I'd have to defer to uh, uh, Sergeant uh, Sean Petty, United States Marine Corps, retired, who set up it. I think I've talked about it, but we're doing a drop camp um, with an outfitter up there. So for those who don't know, a drop camp is they'll have a wall tent for us and cooking utensils and a nice camp, cots, but then we're on our own. Except the cool thing about this setup is that it comes with a scouting package, the details of which and the um, level of detail of which will remains to be seen. But they did send us seven uh, glassing pens um, mm-hmm. already, and supposedly we'll have some intel on bucks. It kind of sucks because two years ago they outlawed cameras, trail cameras in Arizona, and they used to, with the scouting package, give you like, here are these bucks we're watching on these specific mm-hmm. spots. Go find them, right? Um, I will say the seven spots they gave us are like the tallest hills in a five or 10 mile radius. So it probably could have figured that out. Right. Classic spots. You, you got the minimal package for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly we got a camp it seems and, and some, you know, a unit that we're being told has deer and, you know, boots on the ground this summer are saying good numbers of deer. I'm worried about the crowd. We'll see. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> we obviously, you know, we're trying to manage time off and time away from the family and all that stuff. And so we had planned to leave on Wednesday morning to drive to Williams, Arizona, Wednesday, which is about 15 hours from us from here. 
stay the night in Williams in a hotel Thursday night, and then Friday morning meet up with the outfitter at our camp. Well, the op- season opens Friday morning, so that meant we would have been missing opening morning. Um, and he got back with us just this like Monday and said, or maybe it was Friday of last week. Hey, y'all can, we'll put you up in camp Thursday night. So y'all can hit the ground running Friday morning. Well, at that 11th hour, we didn't scramble and, you know, beg our wives for an extra day off. So we just decided instead of leaving at three or four in the morning, we'll just leave at midnight. Hmm. Yeah. Sounds terrible. Uh, the hunt sounds fun though. I'm going, I'm flying out to Colorado Springs tomorrow and then driving three hours into uh, New Mexico for the annual mountain man trip with my dad, uh, my dad and his buddies and my brothers and lifelong friends. Uh, so we'll be doing some trout fishing. No, uh, no hunting, op- no um, uh, open hunting seasons currently. Grouse season doesn't start until September 1st. So I'd be taking the shotgun. Yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, we'll be the grouse still my nemesis. Mm. Yeah, I think Chisholm shot have to an show arrow for at a grouse, and the grouse just took one step over and then used your arrow as a perch. <laughs> Where we watched it bleed from its stump because I had shot its foot off, remember? Yeah, so it was standing on the arrow with the other foot. Right. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Um, I think I've shot at three or four of them in our times hunting the mountains together with my bow, and I've... <laughs> yet to just skill <laughs> and i'm not a terrible shot i'm a pretty decent shot and they're very stationary too yeah when you're shooting at them anything inside 10 yards you'd think oh no problem but it's like where do i put my pin i don't i'm not set up for this and i don't want to just like blow the bird in half but whatever um have you ever played egg pelt no we played it this weekend so we had our uh, fantasy football draft at a mutual friend's uh ranch eric's ranch and we uh he opened up some really nice bottles of wine that you know i had to pinch myself and be like oh am i really here having this uh but ended up like at the, i don't know midnight we're like what dumb stuff can we do now and he has a bunch of free-range chickens and they lay all these eggs in the coop and we're like let's let's basically just run across the yard and one guy says pull and then we just pelt each other with eggs uh, we did wear a helmet. There was an ATV helmet there, so you weren't going to get hit in the face. <laughs> and then we decided, no, it's too hard to hit them while they're running. So then we, you just had to, you, we paced off 20, 20 yards, and you just had to, <laughs> you just had to stand there with your head down. So you have the helmet on, and then you would just cover your nads, and then we would just wing fastballs in there. Um, I only got hit in the shoulder, but I hit my friend Justin Y square in the knee in the amount of cuss words coming out of his mouth. I thought he was going to bleed. And that hit my other friend in the shin. And bleed? You made a almost. guy bleed? No, no, almost bleed. Yeah. No, I mean, it was it was pretty a pretty gnarly welt. Uh, but yeah, it was super fun. I mean, the amount of laughing and just hysteria that was going on. Oh, I mean, it's cracking me up, dude. There, And it kept getting better. <laughs> it was like, y'all yelled pull. That's hilarious. Yeah. Then there was an ATV helmet involved. Oh yeah! So I just picture everybody running around like bobbleheads, <laughs> and then hitting them running was too hard. So just stand there and oh. take it. I mean, I did a Nolan Ryan wind up, gave it all the gas I had. Uh, yeah, it was fun. That's funny. Uh, also, Brett shot a Axis deer. Nice, that was cool. Out of my truck window, we were going down to the gun range. At like, and it's so hot, dude. It's eleven. It was like eleven a.m. 
it's already like 100 degrees. And there Saturday? Was six, yeah. There was like six axis, six axis deer out there just in the pasture. And I was like, hey, grab Henry's 243 out of the back seat. He grabs it, pokes it out the window, shoots this doe. We didn't even gut it. We drove it straight to the processor in and out. I mean, it was awesome. And he never shot an axis deer, so that was pretty cool. In my exact location, the minor phase on Saturday the 19th ended at 10.33 a.m. So, I think he, I think it was actually closer to 10.30 when he shot it. Right in there. So, yeah. Yep. That's and it may probably varies a little bit up in Rock Springs, I would imagine. Not by much, but. Well, we were in Kerrville. So. Yeah. Yeah. Follow so, up. That's one time. nice thing is we've got a new moon coming. Um, so the, the phases line up great where there should be movement, you know, obviously heat and all that depending, but it's the weather is nice where we're going in Williams. There should be movement pretty much all morning until like 11 o'clock. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Head down and then go stick them. Not, I mean, that drive's going to suck, but it is what the good it is. thing is at least we're heading to straight to a wall camp and not to go, you know, then hike six miles and sleep on the ground, I guess. Yeah. So, so I learned something new this past week. Um, I'm going to share that with you because I found it very interesting. Did you know that uh, your tax dollars, Chisholm, are helping to pay for our gender dysphoric military members to cut their jugs off? Did you know that? I, I want to say yes. Uh, I'm certainly not surprised, but um, I'm, I guess it's in the news again. I didn't see it specifically. No, this is just Emmett from Instagram talking about its experience, but that's how I found out. I just had my pre-op consultation for top surgery. Hi, I'm Emmett. I'm a trans man in the United States military, and I am documenting my journey, um, basically being the channel that I didn't have going through all this. I had to fly out to Ohio. For those of you who don't know, I live in New Jersey. Sick boy. Long story short, if I get top surgery through the military, it's free. And one of the surgeons that I could have picked is in Ohio. Um, I just happened to get in contact with them first, and they are a great team. Met the guy today. Seems cool. Seems like he knows what he's talking about. Super nice. The nurse as well that I'm working with is also wonderful. She's so sweet. When I called to ask about, like, wait times and everything, she, like, mentioned her wife in the first minute, and I was like, oh, I'm safe. It's another queer. I don't know if that's niche or not, but I instantly feel safer when talking to someone that's also queer. We set a top surgery date for December 6th. Hopefully it'll be earlier. My nurse said that they're going to put me in if there's a cancellation. That's all. Love you guys. Bye. So I guess if you start taking all these uh, hormones and doing all this other crap to change the way that your body was designed, that you like get shake voice because he didn't, he, she, it didn't sound very confident. Sound pretty miserable, but hey, at least you're getting to pay for it to cut its boobs off. I liked when he said, it's free. It's not free. Someone's paying for it. You aren't paying for it. <laughs> yep. So there's that. I mean, think about it this way, right? It's abundantly clear that this psychosis, as it pertains to the medical profession, is all about money, right? I think what is a woman pegged at um, like $700,000 in a lifetime in medicine, med medicine, medicine, surgeries support blah 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 
right? Mm. Um, so the more that they brainwash people into doing this, the more money they make. And then, I mean, in this case, much like, you know, experimental vaccines that don't work, it's even better if the comp if the if the country is the one cutting the check, then it's just like, you know, that money circle just flows right on around, right? Here's some money to the Department of Defense. You get your kickback from the Department of Defense spending it on bombs and top surgeries. <laughs> right? So it's like now everybody gets paid. Everybody gets paid. You get some boo you, you you get a top surgery and you get a top surgery and you get some bombs and you get some tanks. And the politicians all get their kickbacks. So awesome. So good work if you can get it. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight that clip from right there and put it on our Instagram feed. <laughs> you get bombs and you get tanks and you get top surgeries. <laughs> but it's the truth. Yeah. That's and you know who gets yeah. shafted in the process? People Everybody? that work regular jobs. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not an elite. You're probably getting shafted. Oh, unless you want to cut your jugs off, then you're you're getting a sweet deal. Yeah, well, they and get their um, you know, they get a nice little lavish light life in this realm, and then they get their eternal reward in the next. Yeah, that is the peace that the Apostle Paul speaks of in Romans, particularly chapter five and the first six verses, which we have read this morning. Hmm. Very nice peace that our sins are forgiven. And that uh, all of this hell is worth it because we have the hope that we get to go to heaven and be with him. But those folks, even if they profess faith, I don't know if God's buying it. This is true. Yeah. But that's a whole other deep conversation. Um, I sent you this text yesterday. And it was a screenshot from a Portland convenience store where they were requiring you to look up at the camera. That was, like a, was at a convenience store? I figured that was, was at an airport. Gas station. Oh. Uh, and it wasn't the airport. Oh. Yeah. Let me look at it again. Let me look at the photo. I don't, it, I don't think it was the airport. But justified pursuit. More questions than answers. Here's the here's the question though. Oh, it's not the airport. Look at camera for entry, facial recognition in use. But here's the thing that came to my mind. So okay, say that is the airport, Chisholm. How long until it's at the convenience store or the Walgreens? Because they're getting, you know, people are stealing hand over fist and they can't keep their doors open. They have to think it, keep everything locked up from razors to tampons to whatever, baby formula. How long until those places are using facial recognition? And then here's the blowback, I believe. When the thugs and criminals are no longer allowed to go into places of business to, to buy products or steal products, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Um, they're going to steal it from okay well you know okay citizens. so we've, we've been down this path before right in the 70s and 80s woke progressives did the same thing major cities across the united states of america ended up just hollowed out hellhole shells everybody with a dollar in their pocket and a skill to provide bailed 
Everybody who didn't have those things was stuck. Lawlessness. I mean, have we ever talked about what they used to call wildlings in New York City back in the early 80s? Bands of like, like aimless teenage, you know, parentless teenagers that ran together in, in literal like gang packs and like beating up old ladies and mugging them and stuff. They called it wilding. They'd gone wilding. This is a thing. It's Mm -hmm. happening again. They're saying there's packs of wildings. I've listened to people who grew up in Manhattan saying, yeah, that's back, right? It's happening in all, you name the city, right? Chicago. We saw the mayor of the new mayor of Chicago saying we can't call these kids rioters or whatever negative word he said he didn't like but it's band of teenage kids just burning looting destroying right don't we remember joseph r biden and hillary clinton's solution to this in the 90s come on the crime bill right Right. put them in jail right right so we instigate lawlessness we destroy families we destabilize our society, which results in govern me harder, daddy. And then we have a new, we have a whole new, you know, cash loop, which is fill up the jails, build new jails, fund those jails, fund those prisoners, fund those construction projects, fund the vendors that provide the food. And then guess where that money circles back around to? Here's your kickback. That's right. Governor Rick Perry's made a lot of money in this state on our uh, penal system. Mm-hmm. Former former Governor Rick Perry. But where I was going with that is the crime sure is going to fall sure back onto the citizens. These people, if they can't go into the right. store. And, and eventually take- the citizens will, you know, borderline riot. They'll vote new people in. My point is it'll get fixed. It won't prevent the mayhem and destruction in the meantime but what it will end up in is a whole bunch of people going to jail defund the police will become fund them to the hilt oh arm them to the hilt give them drones so they can kill somebody without due process like they've now done in your city and somewhere didn't that happen in the west coast just like in the last two or three months pretty sure Mm, wait when did they kill someone here with the drone that dude that was that former police officer or former military, whatever he was, that, shot, that shot all the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a, a remote controlled. It wasn't. A, I mean, the same concept. Yeah, it was like sent a, it was a drone. They sent in a robot to kill him. But yeah. I don't care if they killed that guy without due process or not. It's just like the same thing as the cop that shot the Allen Outlet Mall sniper. If you know yeah. that he's killing people, you neutralize the threat. Due process doesn't play into that. You got a mass murderer, you could just kill him. That's how you deal with that threat. Cool. What happens if you have somebody? What if? It, what happens if you have somebody who's just a rabble rouser and saying things that make people unsafe? You mean the guy? That are, in, was that in Utah where they killed? Saying them? things that are considered violence, right? Because speech is violence, right? That's different. That guy hasn't killed. Different anyone. to you. It's different no, right it's, now. It's it's a fact. Let's live in facts here. Those people that you're talking about have were actually. They killed the, however many cops it was. The Allen shooter killed, what, nine or 11 people right here next door to me, next city over. Listen, man, you're never going to convince me that sending robots in to kill American citizens is something I'm going to support. Never. You want to send a SWAT team in? That's one thing. If the outcome is the same, the guy dies, What? Why? why do we need to have more, like, 
possible death on the side of the good guys. For the same reason I don't like sending drones into places in the Middle East to kill people indiscriminately. I don't want to give the government government that much power to kill. That nobody even has to be held. Nobody even has to have it on their conscience. Because they can always say, well, technically the drone did it. I mean, you bring up a good point, but I, I would rather less people... I get where you're coming from, dude. Get I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. But I also have no idea whether or not maybe that person had been MK Ultra brainwashed into doing that. Yeah. But the dude, the dude in Utah did not actually do anything violent. He just was nope. talking about it. And next thing, right? you know, he... Supposedly. He was supposedly talking about it. I don't think that dude existed, bro. Yeah. I'm dead serious about that. I don't think that was real. I think they made that shit up. Have we talked about the FBI's six-week cycle? Where every, yeah, they have to, like, get back in the news. Going all the way back to 2001 when they put that we've poor Muslim that. kid in jail, 19-year-old Muslim kid in jail for setting him detail. up. Which, yeah, they've been kind of quiet for a little while. So. Yep, and they've been getting a lot of bad press. So what's the best way they could get some good press? Get a oh, MAGA there was guy. a crazy Trump, Trump guy who was making bad noises on the internet, so we killed him. You should, yeah. but here's the thing. No agenda had it last week or two weeks ago now. They played audio of a guy being asked about this, and he literally could not ask the simple question from the reporter, what did he do that warranted his death? We understand why he was being questioned. We understand why the cops, why the FBI even showed up. When they got there, what did he do? He could, literally couldn't say. Mm-hmm. He was believed to have been armed as the best he could muster. It took four days for them to make some sort of excuse as to what happened. I don't think that dude was real, man. It's crazy to think about. But <laughs> nothing would surprise either one of us anymore. Nope. Um, so you saw Biden finally could be bothered to leave vacation time to head up to Maui. Do you see that he claimed in front of those people that he his house burned down once too? Yes. I, yeah, I did. And oh, and then he said, "I almost lost my cat and my '67 Corvette." Like that's going to resonate with these people who not only have lost everything, uh, what like maybe a quarter of the population is dead, and Be- Bezos and, and some other elites are already making offers on their, you know, the ashes that they own where their house once stood. And then he fell asleep. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that he fell asleep. Oh yeah, he's sitting at the table and he just nods off while someone's talking at, at where he where he had just spoken. Hey, Apparently, he did have a minor fire in his house one time. In his kitchen, minor fire in his kitchen. Does that literally mean just like a flare up in a pan that he quickly put out, or his butler or whatever? Yeah, I, it wasn't it wasn't significant, but don't worry, you know. I'm surprised he didn't say he survived the Pearl Harbor attack. You know, can't, anything's possible with this guy when he has a microphone in front of him. Yeah, well, the worm I mean, is he's turning. He's a cancer survivor. He's, his house almost burned down. You know, son died in Iraq, even though his son died in the United States of brain cancer. Right. Yeah. He even claims to have been there when they returned his coffin, his flag draped coffin. <clears throat> yeah. He's also, is he lying or is this dementia? Well, he's a serial liar. We know that. Yeah. He's plagiarized speeches. Right. 
know, he's but at this out. point, is he lying or do you think he's actually so demented that he thinks these stories are true now? I don't think that. I think that if you have gotten away with lying like he has for his entire political career, that he doesn't, he doesn't, he thinks he's untouchable and he's not. I wrong. don't think he thinks, bro. I don't think he thinks. I'm not excusing what he's saying, but you understand like dementia, he could literally think these stories are true. He could come up with what you would what what ten years ago would have been a lie, and in his warped, addled, you know, dementia rid, riddled brain, he could think, "Oh yeah, that actually happened." Especially the the lies that he's been telling forever, mm-hmm. those lies that he's been telling forever. I guarantee you, he actually thinks now are true. He's repeated them so many times, and he, I mean, because that can happen to somebody whose brain works. Yeah, you can tell a lie long enough that you actually can't remember the truth well anymore. Memory is weird, man. Like you can not even be lying about something, but 20 years after it happened, have a totally different version or substantially different version than what had actually happened that day. You know, Uh, he definitely has dementia. So yeah, he doesn't know what's going on. He has, he has no clue. He definitely has dementia and he has no heart and he never has had a heart. He's a bad guy, dude. But here, at least he's uh, getting a little, bang for our taxpayer dollar on this deal. So there's $300 million worth of supplies on the Texas border that all this material is to build the border wall. It's been sitting there since Trump went out of office. Biden, starting last week, has decided to sell it to the lowest bidder for $2 million. So $300 million worth of supplies that you and I, once again, the taxpayer already purchased. We already bought it and he is selling it back to the private sector for $2 million. Here is a clip from, yes, it's Fox news. So it's, you know, you're going to get that, uh, a little bit of a jaded tense here, but selling off parts of Trump's unfinished border wall for approximately $2 million, all in a plan to block the GOP's plan to try to use it. Yeah, the move leaving lawmakers sounding off. Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton telling the New York Post, leaving the border open to terrorists while selling border security materials at a loss is Bidenomics in a nutshell. Here with reaction is Sunday Morning Futures anchor Maria Bartiromo. Uh, I already listened to what Maria had to say. It wasn't as important. But there you go. $300 million. We're going to take a $298 million hit on this, guys. No, nothing to see here. Yeah, he's nothing to see here. He's getting a half half a penny on his dollar. <laughs> half a penny. <laughs> um, yeah, that's got to be in the Inflation Reduction Act. That sounds like something that was definitely in the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, yeah, it probably is. Let's buy stuff for a lot and sell it for almost nothing. Yeah. Uh huh. Think about this. Speaking of kickbacks, a ma- who I'd love to know who's getting that opportunity. Right. And what? Because they're going to turn around and sell that stuff. Dude, they could sell it for what? 50% below market value and make a 1,000% profit or something? Who knows? I would have loved to have put an investment group together to buy that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Easiest money those guys but ever made. you know made. what? It's somebody that's already on the end. That's Might be in. ready to check out Hunter's bank account in a couple months. They probably don't use Hunter's anymore. <laughs> uh, did you know mask mandates are coming back? I've heard, I have a feeling it's in places where they actually never went away because I've heard like Portland, Maine and Portland, Oregon, and I think maybe even New York City technically never laid them down in the first place. People just stopped doing it. Uh-huh. Lionsgate, 
Productions has brought the mask mandate back to the office. Reading this right now, we have. Uh, You're talking about a movie theater, movie studio, yeah. Hollywood studio. Are they all on strike anyway? Mandate amid. I, I don't know. I mean, the writers are right, but. Well, I think the actors went on strike in consolidation or in in what do you call it in the. Whatever. In an with internal the, the email obtained by Deadline, employees at its flagship office, this is for Lionsgate, in Santa oh, Monica. They have a whole bunch of staff there, even though nobody's yeah. making movies. That makes They'll sense. They'll be required to wear a medical grade N95 mask unless they are alone in an office with the door closed, actively eating or drinking. <laughs> uh, I also saw another let one you of, breathe uh, the air. Ay, ay, ay. I think a college is doing the same thing. Let me see if I can confirm that. Mask... I'm make a bow. Oh, this is from Forbes. Mask mandate returns at Atlanta College. Yeah, Atlanta, a college in Atlanta. Let's see if I can find Morris Brown College, uh, historically black college. Announced Sunday that all students, faculty, and staff are required to wear a mask for the next two weeks when on campus. Never yeah. again, dude. Never again. These people, you're a sheep if you do this at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I pray that the the young men and women of that campus stand up and give them the big middle finger. Yeah. Damn the man. Yes. Um, I've got. Speaking of COVID, there's been a, a peer-reviewed study on the effectiveness of ivermectin, and this is from. Kim Iverson, the Kim Iverson show. I'm not familiar with her, but we're going to take a listen. Ivermectin worked significantly to reduce deaths from COVID-19. Let's go ahead and go over this study. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey brought our attention to this. He actually tweeted about it saying the preprint of this paper was the final piece of evidence which convinced me, Paul, and the FLCCC that widespread ivermectin distribution could end the pandemic in October of 2020. Took two years, but now peer reviewed and published in a major journal. So this was the study that he used when it was just a preprint back in 2020 when he was saying, okay, it's time to come up with some kind of treatment for COVID-19. And he came up with the FLCCC protocol which includes ivermectin amongst other things and people could go on the website and they could figure out okay um are you just exposed to covid like maybe you're taking care of somebody or someone in your house has covid are you do you have covid did you just test positive which variant do you have and you can look this up on their site and then you could follow whichever protocol they had they're listed on their site and it all included ivermectin. Now, a lot of people pointed at the study that they were using as the preprint. And they said, well, this isn't peer reviewed and uh, this it isn't is. published. This is just a preprint. There's no there there. And so you guys are just taking horse medicine for absolutely nothing. And now, two years later, you know, it's like, uh, or now we're three years, you know, too little. And the study concluded that a uh, peer reviewed study finds that ivermectin reduced deaths by 74%. Wow. Seems like a little yeah. too little too late on that front. But you know what Man. doesn't make money, Chisholm? People taking ivermectin. You know what makes money? People going into the hospital for three weeks, getting put on a ventilator, racking up a $500,000 medical bill, and then dying. Right. And then, and then boarding 
generic drugs efficacy so that you can roll out an emergency use authorization on an experimental drug, which you wouldn't be able to receive if there was an effective therapeutic that the government then spends $100 billion on. Correct. And tries to make people take, and it does no harm, no good, and does more harm than good. Uh, man, if you listen to that guy, Pierre Corey, who they just mentioned, who we've certainly mentioned, who's one of those yeah. FLCCC people, um, particularly on the Dark Horse podcast with Brett Weinstein, one of Joe Rogan's homies, they break down how they manipulated the data. Dude, so there was one study, the main study that the Fauci's of the world used to discredit ivermectin. They did the study. The one thing the FLCCC says all the time, two things. One, you have to dose the ivermectin according to body weight. You can't give them the little bitty dose that you might give them for a stomach parasite. It's got to be stronger than that. That's something that the farmers and ranchers who were taking horse medication and it was working knew because they know how to dose it because they dose it to the body weight of their livestock. Right. By the way, I think we've also covered coronaviruses broadly are covered by the by the drug in ag uses. So they, that's why that's the whole reason anybody even tried it was because these ranchers were like, cope, coronavirus. Hell, I know how to treat that shit <laughs> anyway. So one, you had to give them a, a decent sized dose. Our uh, wonderful doctor, whose name I'll, I'll leave out for now, although he's being vindicated and he's probably going to end up suing somebody. I hope he's, I don't know. <clears throat> there is a lawsuit going on. Hmm. Um, he's not involved in it. He gave me like an 18 milligram dose and actually like a 14 milligram dose, right? And Charlotte, like a nine milligram dose based on our body weights. Worked. All of it worked. Second most important thing is you got to get it in you. Ideally, it works as a prophylactic. You could take it every day and not even catch the damn thing. If you still caught it, dude, I've said this before, the National Institutes of Health, Fauci's outfit, the broader outfit, the NIH has a study you can look up on their website right now from like May of 2020 that says unequivocally that in a Petri dish, ivermectin stops the virus from reproducing because it's something called a protease inhibitor. But the but then from there, they say, yeah, well, just because it works in a Petri dish doesn't mean it works in a human body, right? Well, it also is a, I thought we used Petri superior. dishes for a lot of scientific development. Yeah, so getting back to how they but manipulated not, but, but the this one data, right? <clears throat> Getting back to how they manipulated the data. If you waited until a person was so sick with COVID that you had to be hospitalized, it didn't work. Correct. By the time you were hospitalized with COVID, nine times out of 10, you were COVID negative. And what had happened was your body had processed, the virus had run its course, infected all of your cells, all died off, stopped replicating. But the damage done to your body left you with. Uh, what was that word? Uh, the cytokine storm of inflammation and pneumonia. And that's what would kill people. Mm -hmm. So if it stops viral replication and you're taking it after the virus has run its course, obviously it can't save your life. Which is why people so, with pre-existing pre conditions were much more prone to being sick from this. So there was a peer, yeah, for sure. There was a peer-reviewed study that was the main one that used to determine that it didn't work. And you can look at the abstract and you can look at the conclusions which are th there's data pulled from the actual study to create the abstract and the conclusions right but if you're a qualified scientist and you know what you're looking for you can look at the raw data which basically has to be stored somewhere right when you took into account the raw data 
everybody who had been dosed with ivermectin between like three days and I think like nine days of infection, they're rough numbers, had like a 90% survival rate. So guess what they did in the conclusion? They just deleted all that. Yeah, well, they only, they decided that that was not criteria that made it into the study, dude. They literally fraudulently manipulated their data to eliminate anybody who got ivermectin in them in the time frame the FLCC says you have to to make it work. So they basically pared everything down to people who didn't get it until it was too late. They basically went from all people getting treated at various times and looking at the data in that ter those terms to only carving all that out and only reporting on people who were dosed once they had been hospitalized. Hmm. Yeah, how so convenient. Point being, there's so many people from the this time in history, the past three years, that belong in jail for crimes against humanity that will they're going to get away with it scot free. It's my brother-in-law had the nerve the other day to tell my my daughter that her beliefs and understanding of the world are because she lives in a little bubble in a hill country town instead of a nice big city like Austin. I was like, you don't think you live in a bubble, bro? You Mr. live in a double cesspool. He got double vaxxed after he had cleared the virus. I'll stop talking about that. We might have to just cut this whole thing. Let's move on. Yeah. A little bitterness. Anyway, Gavin Newsom took steps to... Wait, I want I got, I got an important breaking news announcement. Okay. I really meant to open the show with it. So last week, you like you kind of rubbed my nose in the fact that I think at the time the Rangers were still two and a half games up. They were three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. How's that looking now? We've lost five in a row. Six. Two straight series. Six. What's mm, that lead now? No, we've lost five in a row. It's six. I read it this morning. What is the lead now? You you've lost two straight. Up. You've been swept in two straight series. Half a game. Half a game. Half a game. And well, the Mariners are only a game around. back. You know what's about to happen? Y'all are going to go from leading from day one to not even getting a wild card because the Mariners and Astros are about to just, you're out of steam. <laughs> Here we go. Predicting it. Putting my marker down. Half a game. Half <laughs> a game. Lost, we have lost six in a row. Half a game. Yeah. Bam. Well, before that, we won eight out of nine. So it'll be all right. We're about to go back on a heater. Mm -hmm. Um. Maybe. Okay. So you derailed my where I was going with champions of the regular season. Uh, moving on. <laughs> As he's now, Gavin I mean, Newsom. it you makes sense Gavin that Newsom you're wearing next. your stupid Astros hat today. Gavin Newsom. Breaking news. California Governor Gavin Newsom is the first governor to say Donald Trump is not eligible for future presidential elections and has asked the California State Assembly to pass a bill that will remove Trump's name on any future ballot. So on, on one hand, who cares? Because they've got that state so rigged he doesn't have, stand a chance to snowball. No it's Republican president that sets. Right. No Republican has a snowball's chance in hell there. On the other side, thankfully... He is burning powder here. Uh, let me, uh, I actually have an optimistic take. It's a good precedent because the first thing that is going to happen is Donald, Donald Trump super PACs are going to take it to this SOB 
and force the matter before Congress, before uh, the courts, and see if this is even a constitutional thing he's doing. And God willing, this will get swatted out of out to half court. Now that's a process. It probably will drag into the next election. It does not hurt the Republicans in 2024 because that's a lost cause anyway. But it does create the opportunity to nip this kind of effery in the bud because it's absolutely going to get challenged legally. That's my take. I well, that's great, and I I think there's validity validity to what you're saying. But when you think about the average citizen, did they look at this? and say, wow, that's a gross abuse of power? Or are they, if they're on the left, are they so snowballed that they look at it and be like, oh, cool. Yeah, Trump shouldn't be allowed to uh, run anyway. All that matters is independent voters, right? The average public doesn't matter somewhat, mostly. Republicans don't matter. Democrats don't matter. What will the independent voter think? The guy who actually doesn't behold himself to a party but gets out and votes because that's what determines elections, right? Hmm. My take is your average independent voter is probably a reasonably educated. I mean, I don't even reasonably educated, meaning like even they, they could have a GED and some good real world experience that leads them to keep an open mind to things, right? Like I'm not talking about somebody who's got a college degree because those people are idiots by and large, and I've got two of them. Independent voters who are independent-minded, who understand, they probably lean, a lot of them, I think, more libertarian, even if they don't necessarily consider themselves that. I think they're going to look at this and say, another grotesque, abusive power grab by a leftist um, who, frankly, you know, somehow should be brought up on treason for what he did to one of the finest states, one of the finest you know, no, you know, the only person that gets brought up on trees and charges charges is Trump. We all know that. Yeah, um, there's a double standard, and that's the most ridiculous. To me, that's the most infuriating thing about living in 2023 is the double standard that exists. They control the social media, so where oh, we didn't stuff the ballot box, but we did suppress information. We told the CIA and FBI to label anyone talking about. Hunter Biden's laptop is spreading misinformation, denying that it even exists, even though we've known about it for years ahead of this. Oh, that's the double standard. That's how you steal and win. That's how you steal elections. Oh, oh, and mail. Oh, here's another way you steal it. And this happened in Texas. Did you see this, Chisholm? The, uh, Federal judge says Texas can't reject mail ballots with wrong voter ID. Did you see that? This came down yesterday. The ID requirement was enacted in 2021 as a part of a comprehensive election integrity measure. But a federal judge has basically just said, you don't have to show an ID in Texas because it violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964. How can it violate the night the, the Civil Act Civil Rights Act of 1964? Oh, it's because you minorities, remember we've talked about this. You're too stupid and too much of a simpleton to go get your own ID. You have I know yeah. that you're always being facetious, but I always cringe when you go that hard on that well, statement. That's the truth, right? He's being facetious, y'all. That's what the left says. That's what the left says. He's just exactly. parroting what because the left, the left says is and the thinks. racist ones. So yeah. 
U.S. District Judge Javier Rodriguez found that the voter ID requirement violates the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Javier Rodriguez, eh? Yes. Uh, The Department of Justice, he agreed with the U.S. Department of Justice that providing a correct voter ID is not material in determining whether voters are qualified under Texas law to cast a vote or mail a ballot. So basically, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that California in a nutshell? You don't have to show an ID and you just go in and just vote? Hey, I'm Joe Blow. I'm here to cast my vote for the left because I'm a sheep. Where's your ID? No, I don't have one. Hey, guess who appointed that guy? Don't say Trump. No. Obama. Nope. I don't know. How long has he been in office? He was appointed by that fine, upstanding conservative, alleged Texan George W. Bush. Yeah. At least it wasn't Trump. Yeah. This should get swatted out to half court. Um, Unfortunately, man, maybe there's a way they can, there's got to be a way they can fast track this because there is an election coming up and this affects the next election. Um, But the reality is this is unconstitutional. The state of Texas has the clear right under the United States Constitution to regulate its elections. Elections has it sees fit. And I think that he there there has I don't haven't read the Civil Rights Act cover to cover, but I would almost guarantee that there's no grounds in it for this absurd decision. So he'll get smacked way upside the head on this. Um but it's obviously got to work through that process, hopefully before this time next year. Harvard University, bachelor's 1983, law degree from the University of Texas. Birthplace right here in San Antonio. Damn. Uh, I only have one other note, and then we're going to take a quick break and reconvene, and that is that um, Florida lawmakers... I mean, if you want any more proof that they're using mail-in ballots, to, they are using mail-in balloting to rig elections. There's no doubt. There you go. They redid entire state. They're using them to bypass ID requirements, which also plays perfectly into our. Well, I'm going to say our prediction. I'm going to predict it that there will be a new pandemic about October of 2024. I don't think it's going to. They they might try that. They're kind. I think that's what this is about right now. That's kind of a test balloon. Like, let's see how many ninnies we can scare with. You know, mask mandates, Omicron XB, B27 Niner, mm-hmm. 3PO, R2, D2, whatever the hell it is. <clears throat> they're trying to see if, if the, any of that will work anymore. And I think they're about to find out that, thank God, that the only people who are going to listen to them are the ones who still are driving around in their cars with their masks on by themselves, yeah. which isn't a lot, but they're still out there. So they're going to have to just uh, quadruple down on this mail-in stuff. We ate sushi for my birthday on Monday, and we're sitting there. And my family is the only – we went kind of early because Henry had a baseball game. We're the only table in the restaurant. This couple walks in, and they're wearing masks. It's like like 30-year-old people. The other day I was at HEB here in the Hill Country, and I saw a kid. I think it was HEB. It was either there or Walmart, some store. And a young way, guy. Happy birthday to me. Thanks, Chisholm. 
A tall, skinny guy. Oh, sorry, I missed the birthday part. Happy birthday, bro. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. A tall, skinny guy walks in. I mean, he worked there. He's cruising about. And he had a mask on with it under his nose, dude. Mm. Like, that's what Classic. a bunch of us used to do three years ago as a silent protest at the idiocy of this. That it that kid bothered to put a mask on like a chin strap. It's like, His what parents should be spanked for that. His parents, not him. Sorry, I both forgot your birthday and didn't catch that part of your your rant, but happy birthday. That's okay. I've had better at 42 of them now. It's no big deal. No. Um, Florida lawmakers announced the plan to designate mRNA vaccines as bioweapons <clears throat> that are hazardous to human health. So here is being proactive to fight this stuff. This is where, this is where we've gotten to at this point with these things. That we have to just say, you know what? When when the next pandemic comes, because we know you're going to do it, we're we've already said we're not we're not doing those in our state. If I ever leave Texas, I'm moving to the Emerald Coast. That's for sure. Me too. Gulfside, baby. Dear, I'll still feel at home. We'll still have to come back mm-hmm. to Texas. We'll still have to come back to Texas to go hunting. <clears throat> There's a whole bunch of hunting in Florida, bud. I, I'm aware, but I know how small the deer are, and having coming from, I don't from care. here, I'm just like to eat them. Eh. I don't want to have to shoot three for the price of one. Tiny. They're like smaller than hill country deer. Anyway, who's leaving Texas? I'll just eat a lot more fish. We'll be eating, we'll be eating grouper and snapper and trout. Mm, there and, you go. Yeah. Go wahoo right. fishing. Let's wrap this one up and uh, take a break, reconvene, and put another one in the uh, can. Sound good? Yep. All right, that's going to do it for episode 137 of Justified Pursuit. For Chisholm Cook, I'm Cable Smith. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you guys next time. Double time. Overtime. Get your doc surgery.